Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of your favorite podcast and mine, the House of the Unusual. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, and with me, as always, is the maestro of mail-order mysteries, Eddie Guevara. Today's special guest, he needs no real introduction because he's been on here a bunch, and he's your favorite and my favorite and everybody's favorite, Chuck Caputo. How's everyone doing? All right, pretty good. Everybody's doing good. Chuck, we woke up today, you know, because I'm in Northeast Ohio and you're in Western Pennsylvania, and we actually woke up April 21st, 2021, <laughs> to about two inches of snow. <laughs> yeah, you're actually you're absolutely right, uh, Joe. I took my dog out about 6:30, and I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was, and it's cold. It's been cold all day today. Wow. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I was talking to Eddie earlier. I was out doing some training today for work, and we were outside, and it was, it read about. Low 30s all day with a wind chill about 10 degrees lower, and it was pretty much snowing until about 2, 3 o'clock, and it was just, I I couldn't believe it, man. It was just just crazy, man. I'm hoping for nice weather, and, you know, here we are almost, you know, summertime, and it's snowing. (laughs) Yeah, what the, I mean, what the heck happened? Because it was, it was about 70, about four days ago. I mean, I don't get it, you know, and uh, I did plant some grass, but you can't plant flowers or anything in the grass, you know, and so far the grass is coming in pretty good, but it's too early to plant flowers, you know. Yeah, I know. And I, I, I get some of those nice, uh, I don't know, they grow up, pop up every year. You know, I call them Easter flowers or whatever, <laughs> nice pastel colors. And I'm yeah. not sure all those are <laughs> gone after today's <laughs> weather. And Tomorrow is supposed to be about about the same. I, I don't think we're supposed to get snow, but it's definitely gonna gonna be cold and all that. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. man. Somebody, I took my I took my daily walk in the uh, cemetery today. So uh, you know what it's you know it's a you know, it's a quiet place. You know people people are dying to get in there, guys. You know. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm surprised. I'm serious, Chuck. I'm surprised that you're not on the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, we were we were talking right before about a. Uh, I got a cemetery uh, near me over in Youngstown, and it's uh, it's called Oak Hill Cemetery. If you wow. you could look it up online in Youngstown, and there's some photos of it. it goes back, I believe, to like the late 1700s, mid 1700s. Oh, wow. But it's it's all on a hill, and it has like the old mausoleum. Oh you know, man, that's cool. I love it. You know, uh, cemeteries and all that, and it all. Every road through it is all the old red brick, man, and it is just, it is so beautiful. I used to, I used to run through there, and I, I passed it by uh, a couple of days ago, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I, so I'm gonna stop and take a, a little ride through, and just, you know, turn the music off, and just kind of, you know, enjoy it. And I tell you <laughs> what, it was, it was so peaceful and just, it is relaxing, man. It, it's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, people are people are not wanting to go to cemeteries, and here we are. Not to run, yeah. walk, and drive. Well, the, in them. <laughs> the, the funny, the funny thing about it when you're saying that is because if you go, especially when it's kind of snowing, or I mean, I think when after rain or something, depending on the heat, sometimes when it's um, when you go into those old cemeteries, you got the fog, the low laying fog, you know. Oh yeah, I think the Frankenstein, cool. Frankenstein monsters about to come out, you know. You know, we have an old one in. <laughs> Excuse me. In my city, it's a. Uh, it goes back to the late 1800s, and it's kind of on a, a a hill. It's maybe only about 50 yards by 50 yards. But I tell you what, when it's you know that because I work nights, so when that you know, coming up, you know, around 5:36, and that that fog's coming in and all that. Oh it, man, it, it looks just, cool. You, oh, cool. You know, I'm going to tell you guys something. If you go to St. Augustine, Florida. One of the right there in the center of the old city is kind of like right there where all the shops are. There's a cemetery that I guess it's if I could say that it's it, and this is kind of funny because it's right there. Like when you walk by it, think of it like in the middle of the sidewalk right there, you know, um, in between the houses there, whatever. And it comes the the two roads meet. It's kind of like, um, well, let's say let's say where it's located, two streets meet. So it's kind of like a triangular. Oh, uh, yeah. I you know, know what, what I'm trying to say? Yep. And it's got to be, no kidding, 24 feet by 30 feet. 
that's how big it is. Wow. So the, two, the tombstones in there are so old. Very they old, go back yeah. As far as 1640. Whoa. You know, like, whoa. I think if you guys go online, there should be a possibility that they have up close pictures of it. Wow, I'd like to. I like but, to check that out. Do you know what? Back, back when we were teenagers, we used to hang out in cemeteries. We used to catch football, ride bikes. You know, and in, in, you know, I was I was never much of a drinker, really. You know, but there were some parties in the cemeteries that I'd pop into once in a while as a teenager, and uh, it was just always cool, man. It was neat. Yeah, we we used to do the, do the same thing. You know, when we were in high school, we'd go <laughs> hang out at the very back of you know the real big cemeteries. You know, <laughs> that night and. You know, have a few drinks, bring some girls out there. You know, sit, listen to music. It was yeah. a place to hang out. <laughs> well, you oh, know, it, it, it's kind of funny when you guys say that. Over by, um, I, I, I think well, where my daughter lives, okay, in New Jersey, there is. I just noticed that the other day, there's like an old. I think it's got to be a Catholic church or something, but it's got to be from the late 1800s, and. The cemetery behind the church is like super old, man. <laughs> and I was actually passing by and I told my wife, I wonder if the, you know, if the church is even open, if it's abandoned. Or it's something I'm going to look into because I just seen it like a week ago. But um, here's a funny story I'm going to tell you guys. Get ready for this. It's it's a doozy. <laughs> okay, back in uh, in Cuba when I was little. Now, this is a relative of my mom. I think it's a cousin of my mom. Um or his, well, what happened was there, there was this really old cemetery because remember, I, I used to live in a farm. So when you went to like the city of which the city looked like one of the Western towns from the clean Eastwood uh, spaghetti Westerns <laughs> and it, it was a dirt road. That's how, you know, the city was, wow. or should I say the main, you know, and then you had the barber shop. It was basically coming straight out of a clean Eastwood movie. Okay. But in real life. So now, there was a cemetery as you walked past the thing there. And what the cemetery was probably the most modern thing in the city there. Because <laughs> what it what it had was a big, like the entrance to it was a big uh, white marble or stone, whatever, archway. So I still remember the archway. I mean, it, it that was, but when you went inside the cemetery, the cemetery itself was all like, I guess, cement on the floor. So it was very unique. It was It was pretty advanced for where it was. But it was still like really creepy looking, right? So one day it was pouring, it was raining. And this is a story my grandfather told me because it happened to, I think it was uh, one of his brothers. And I don't know if it was my grandfather's brother and his nephew was, but anyway, it was raining. And the nephew went into the cemetery to, I guess it was late at night. And, you know, the rain to just, I guess, uh, wait until the rain passed by because he didn't want to get wet. So his uncle comes on a horse going by because I guess the uncle is going home. So when he sees the uncle, he calls out to him. Wow. <laughs> the guy just, you know, hit the horse and wow. started running away because it was oh. kind of funny. I mean, in the middle of the night and somebody comes out and calls out. To <laughs> <him>. <laughs> it is crazy. Oh, man. Hey, but there, uh, there is people to go around that actually, you know, that, that there's, there's different legends. In, in different cemeteries. So, you know what, uh, there is, there is people that go in these places and trippers, I believe it's what it's called. And they'll actually look up, you know, in like different things that are supposed to happen in different cemeteries, like the old statues are supposed to move like walking Rosie. We had out here in different cemeteries, different, different things like that. So there's people that go out, you know, to, to check these things out, you know, and, uh, you know, I always thought that would be kind of cool to do, but I don't know if it would be legal. You might end up getting a, getting a citation if you run around the cemetery. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, a lot of some, a lot of you know, cemeteries and graveyards. They, they kind of, some of them don't mind, but if they're usually, uh, I know some of them uh, near me, and especially like in, in PA on the border, that they have like people that actually live, you know, right kind of right. on them, and they take yeah. care of them. So they always kind of like for you to get permission if you're, you know, just going to okay. walk around or if you're going to investigate something. And usually they're, you know, if you seem like a legit, you know, a, adult type person right. and not, some, you know, teenagers or anything, <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll usually pretty cool about it and give you, but if you're there to just party or something, they'll sure. usually chase you off. So sure. um, we went to a few of them, you know, cause there was, you know, always every, Every other cemetery has a glowing grave and all that. So we were to look around for those. And, uh, 
you know, sometimes we would ask permission and they would be, you know, really cool about it. Or if you're just walking around and you don't seem like you're causing trouble, they won't, right. you know, they usually won't mess with you. But if you're, you know, some teenage kids or something, sure. you're definitely sure. going to get chased off. Yeah. You know, well, that's, un- that's understandable. Sure. Yeah. But I, I tell you what's cool, man, is that what I really like doing is just, just going around and just looking at some of the old like tombstones and the old mausoleum buildings. Oh, man. And they're, they're just, I mean, some of them are just absolutely gorgeous, and just the, the craftsmanship that went into them. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I couldn't imagine like how much some of those like huge mausoleums cost. Oh, it's unbelievable! Yeah, some some must be very very high. And there's even modern ones put in that are like uh, granite, and they have uh, just the architecture. I mean, it's 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 got to be a couple hundred thousand dollars for some of those you know- things. Oh, absolutely! They're almost like a small house. You it know, is. And, and, yeah. it is. You know the the uh, like the the statues and all them that some of them have. I mean, those got to be, you know, a few grand themselves. Yeah. Gorgeous. And it's just at the time they did them, it probably cost a few hundred. Cause I mean, those, I don't think modern day cemeteries even have that anymore. No, it's a lot of them really don't. It, it's a lot of the old, you know, you know real right. old ones that like some of the modern ones, you're right. I, I don't really see those anymore. There, there's a book to be honest with you. I, I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It's called, like, you know, it shows about epitaphs in the uh, cemetery, like, you know, the different sayings, some are comical, uh, tombstone readings, whatever, you know, sayings. Yeah, those are cool. I remember uh, there was one that was kind of, I think this is actually, if I'm correct, this, I think, was in a cemetery in Pennsylvania, and it was something like, here lies and done, says done uh, done away by a (laughs) banana. It wasn't the fruit that dealt the blow, but the skin of the thing that laid her low. (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty good i like that yeah i had that i have the book somewhere and i used to crack up and laugh at that you know because these are actual true uh things taken off cemeteries throughout the country now interesting what one thing i'm going to tell you guys that uh that I, I mean maybe you're not aware of this or not but in my town there's an old church and in fact there's a uh, weird jersey the magazine weird new jersey yeah, they did a special on a church that was to me when I was in school. It was actually that I, my school, was part of this church. It was called St. Michael's uh, Cathedral, whatever St. Michael's Monastery, and uh, the church itself is back. Oh my God, it's got to be like two hundred years old, right? The building is huge. In fact, I think not too long ago I showed you guys a photograph of it, or I sent it to you guys. Um, this is a very scary looking church because of how old it is. But what happened was when I was in school, it was where we went for church. You know, it was actually still active. And I guess the Catholic church gave it up because it cost over a million dollars a year to heat and stuff. So in the back of it, I mean, this church was so big that it was a square city block. The front, the you know, the side with the wow. directory and stuff was huge. But the back had a cemetery. And some developers bought the back section of it, like the, you know, behind the church and stuff. And they, uh, I don't know if it was like either the Chinese or some type of Chinese church or, uh, you know, Korean church took over and the building's still there. Most of the building, I don't think is even, but the back part of it where the cemetery was when they were trying to remove the tombs. Do you know that they actually dug in? There was nothing there. (laughs) <laughs> oh wow. so when the, they went there to see you know whatever and, and there was absolutely there was just old 1800s tombs tombstones but there was nothing so i think that they just pulled up the dirt from there whatever put new dirt in or whatever it was and then they they built um like townhouses over it you know over the entire section there um but but it was kind of funny though because you would think that it would have at least some type of casket or something. There was nothing. Wow. That is strange. Yeah, there was probably like 40, 50 tombs in there, tombstones, whatever. Uh, but the, again, like I said, the churches, when I'm saying 1800s, I'm, I'm probably wrong. I think it's like 1700s. It's called the St. Michael's Monastery in Union City, New Jersey. I'll have to uh, check that out. That sounds yeah, interesting. Wow. Weird New Jersey. One of the guys from Weird New Jersey actually sneaked into it and stuff. And they were taking pictures and stuff. But this thing, like I'm telling you right now, the part of the building, the front of the building that's still intact, if you look at it, 
it's really, especially at night, man. Oh my gosh, it's like a, the perfect background. Wow. Or some scary film or something. In fact, I used it <laughs> one time because my wife got a photograph of it. It was like perfect, man. Um, but you guys got to look it up. I'm serious. Like, look it yeah, up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know what? I love anything that's spooky. You know what? Anything that's spooky. You know what? I I, I happen to read one of your Ghost Ship Times uh, that, that Eddie sent me. That was that was really cool. And uh, and that's written by you, uh, Joe, huh? You wrote uh, all that stuff on there pretty much? Which one? Was that the small one with the UFOs? Yeah, yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, some of it I took from when I was a, um, a UFO uh, field investigator. Really? Wow. I tell you what, I've, I've followed UFOs for probably, you know, you know, 40 years. I've read just about almost everything on it. I mean, one thing pops into my head, if you want to, if you want to talk about this a little bit back in 19, back in 1980, uh, the, uh, Rendlesham forest on December 26th, 1980. I mean, uh, uh, James uh, Penniston actually touched the craft out there and, and uh, he was sent some type of a uh, binary code that he jotted down. And then like 35 years later, he had somebody punch it into the computer. And it, and it, it did actually say something. It said like, you know, that this is for the interplanetary exploration. You know, I mean, it was just a fascinating story. That that particular one, as well as the Roswell, really sticks sticks in my mind. Yeah, you know, what? a few years ago, um, MUFON of Ohio um they had a, a conference and um, James Penniston, he was actually a speaker there and he oh, had a cool. new, new book out and he actually has that. I can't remember exactly what it says. I know there's some message and some of its coordinates, but he yeah. actually has that decoded message in his book. I mean, it's, it's really cool. And he, he had a little model there of what the craft looked like. And it was, it was amazing to hear, hear him speak. I mean, whether you, Believe it or not, I mean, he was a good speaker, and it's a, a great story, and, and something oh. that seems very, you know, very credible, you know, especially yeah. about the guys that seen it and what happened. I mean, cool. you know, I, I think a lot of it, you know, from my time, I did it for about three or four years, and um, just kind of, you know, at the time when I was researching and studying it a lot, talking to a lot of people, I, I, I come to think about that ninety nine percent of the sightings are probably some type of secret military craft, whether it be right, ours right. or a, or another country's. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is that 1% that's, you know, could be very well, you know, something else, whether it's something on this world that we don't know, or it's, that's you know, right, from right. outer space, but uh, yeah, I, I, cause you know, back in like the, the, the 70s, 60s and 70s, you know, they were, there was tons of UFO reports and, you know, when in the eighties, I think it was the early eighties when they declassified the uh, stealth bomber. Right. You know, people end up saying, "Oh yeah, that's you know exactly what I saw." Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And if you ever seen a stealth bomber in real life, uh, whether it's flying low or high, I, I've seen a few of them when I was in the military, and they are they're weird. I mean, they are very. Yeah, they are. They are very strange looking. Yeah. They, they, yeah. I mean, I I could definitely see somebody that didn't know about this craft because it's never been, you know, given to the public and you see that you're going to go, yeah, that that's, that's something that, you know, is a UFO or, or, or something out of this world. And it's, you know, one of our crafts. And I actually had a sighting, um, what got me on track for being a field investigator is I had a sighting one evening of two black triangles. They were kind of hovering real low. I, I guesstimated about maybe 500 feet. Wow. And, um, researching into that and it seems like it's a you know a top secret you know military craft I, what they mm -hmm. use it for you know I, mm -hmm. that's you know a lot of people and it seems like they're using some type of you know secret mm -hmm. uh, propulsion but most of it's all you know probably military craft whether it's ours or or another country's and right. you know I, I think a lot of these sightings too that you know that the um uh, that the Navy's putting out and that the government's mm -hmm. starting to put out where they don't know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, there's a part of me that, and, and I've heard some other people talk about it too, is that it, it's, it could be other, it could be crafts or drones from other countries and right. they don't want us to know too much about it. So they say, yeah, you know, this is a UFO. So the normal person would say, yeah, you know, that's, it could be aliens from other worlds when it's actually, 
talk mm-hmm. top secret crafts from say Russia or China that we don't know about that could be, you know, um, right. You know, could be bad towards national security, but you know, they're kind of giving us a little bit of disinformation because if anybody studied, you know, project blue book or any other government project that dealt with UFOs, disinformation was absolutely huge and it was key to their mm-hmm. whole, you know, right, their right. whole way that they operated. So I, I kind of think that, you know, these, you know, videos and all that that are coming out that they either they don't know and they do or they do know and they're mm-hmm. putting it out to us that, it, yeah, you know, it could be aliens, this and that. We don't know. But, mm-hmm. you know, in fact, it could be something from another country. They just don't want us to freak to out and say, man, you know, the military doesn't know what it is. Are these other countries invading us? You know what I mean? It's right, right. You know, I, I think it's a lot of along the lines of that way but you know there is that that small percentage that it, there is very yeah, there is, there is a small percentage. Yeah. yeah you know, you know the, the thing that makes the, uh, the thing that makes me suspicious is for some reason Chuck, 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 try this yeah because you, you're getting some echo there i'm picking up some feedback how about if is that better yeah okay the the thing that makes me suspicious joe is uh the main investigator for project blue book that was j ellen heineck i believe and um, he started off as a big skeptic. I mean, he would, right. you know, he would deliberately, you know, say that it was swamp gas all the time or whatever. And by the time Project Blue Book quit, I think it was 1969 or somewhere around there, he was he was one of the biggest proponents of uh, UFOs. I was surprised. That, yeah, absolutely. You know? well, yeah, you, you know, and what was cool is um, a few years ago, I, I one of our field investigators from uh, Southern Ohio, he he had an ad up on Craigslist for years, you know, Hey, looking for any UFO documents or anything. And there was a lady who she was getting ready to toss the stuff. Well, here, her husband had worked at Wright Patterson and Mm -hmm. she had all these documents that she had found in the, I think it was the basement or attic after he had passed away and she was going to toss them. And she stumbled across his post and he got all the documents. He was actually on coast to coast, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. talking about the documents, but I, I, the last I talked to him was, you know, maybe three or four years ago. He was trying to get everything copied to, you know, put it in a book to be released. But it was it had a lot of like um, mail correspondence saying, hey, you know, we don't know what this is, but, you know, put it out to the public that it's, you know, a weather balloon or swamp gas or something else. So there was, right. you know, the disinformation, you know, going on there. And, you know, a lot of it, they didn't know what it was, which it probably was other countries technology Mm -hmm. but they you know couldn't tell us because the government will never admit to not knowing something (laughs) you know so they have to put it out as as something else so but yeah it's it it was pretty cool it was a it was a really good time i met a lot of uh we'll say interesting people (laughs) oh i can imagine yeah that would have been cool but there were there was there were some people you know way out in left field but there was some people that were very um very serious about it. Yeah, sure. very serious and very credible witnesses and uh, sent in some very cool pictures and all that to go along with their, um, well, you, their stories. You know something interesting, if you guys are aware of it. Um, actually, in 1878 Press, Dave Harversat's uh, publishing company, he just recently, about a, a couple of months ago, he uh, published a book on uh, Edgar Mitchell, the six man that landed on the moon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Edgar Mitchell. Yep. And uh, in the book itself, Edgar Mitchell had made claims, I think, uh, he had seen a, a UFO or something mm-hmm. uh, coming back to Earth. And um, that book, there's a special coast-to-coast episode that they interview William Rauscher, which is the guy who wrote the book. David published it, but I'm saying it, it, the Rauscher wrote the book. And um, it's, it's, it's based, it's called, I forgot the name of the book. But if you go to 1878 Press, you could see it. But that's, you know, that's a a little insight there because we're we're talking about UFOs and all stuff like that now. Uh, That new show that appeared in the History Channel recently, Joe, what was it called? The guy that was trying to bring back like the UFOs or trying to tell what the government has been hiding. Uh, You remember it was about a year ago when it came out? No, I don't recall that one. Oh, my gosh. What the heck was it? It's 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 some guy. they were saying, what is it that we have real? I think it was UFOs. Uh, I forgot the name. Of it. it was in the History Channel. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it's a really good uh, thing. It came out. They had several 
think it was one season or whatever, but they were trying to, you know, show all the stuff that we uh, have that no one even knows. And, and one of the things is, that just like, you know, recently the government came out saying that they showed those actual footage of, of us, you know, some military personnel chasing the UFOs. Right, and right. And now they they said that some of them were even under the water. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, oh. a, there's a lot of reports of, uh, of you know, uh, of aircrafts going in and out of water and, and like I said, you know, that's, you know, there's, there's so much, you know, they, they always say, you know, America, you know, technology as we know it is, is 20 years. Yeah. Right. 20 years ahead. Why? Well, I, I read an article a while back where a guy was saying, you know, that that's actually wrong, that it's probably more than a hundred years. Cause maybe in the 1940s we were mm-hmm. 20 years ahead, but by now, you know, we're maybe a hundred or 200 years ahead. Yeah. And, you know, the way the government, you know, the way they hide their money and everything. I mean, you know, they, they talk about, well, we have a space force now and all that. And, you know, a lot of people speculate that we've had a, a space force, a secret space program since, you know, the forties or fifties. So who knows what the heck we have yeah, going on. Yeah, out there. really. <laughs> you know what, about two summers ago, guys, well, my, my wife and I went to a cool place out here it's about an hour away from me i'm in i'm just outside of pittsburgh out toward greensburg pennsylvania kecksburg which is where that craft landed joe i oh, yeah. I, guess, I guess back in 1965 i think it was and uh i tell you what they have an annual festival there it's like really cool and they have a big uh fiberglass uh reproduction of the actual craft because back in the 80s unsolved mysteries came there so they so they built that just for that for the episode, and they let them keep it. So, so you could go up there and get your get your picture taken and stuff. But you know what? But it's a fascinating story because back in the mid '60s, something crashed there, and there was a lot of eyewitnesses, and they saw the flatbeds go into the woods, and they had the this particular craft. It was covered with a tarp and so forth. And so, uh, but it, yeah, it's just a fast. It's a fascinating story, and, and one speculation, which is which is what I've read way back in Germany. Uh, during the Second World War, uh, the Germans were working on time travel, and they were working on there was a there was a, a, a craft they were building called the Bell, and it yeah, had the Nazi like, Bell, yeah, yeah. So they were so far ahead of their time, you know what? And they claimed they got their technology, the jet propulsion and everything, uh, you know, uh, uh, from uh, you know, uh, from extraterrestrials in the Black Forest. So it's a it's a fascinating story. So what they speculate that could be one scenario i mean nobody knows for sure but that was a time travel type of a thing yeah you know a few years ago i talked to uh, i believe his name is stan gordon he he does a lot of investigation yeah yeah he's up he's up there all the time joe i actually got a picture with him it's cool oh did you really yeah i you know i I talked to him at a monster bash a few years ago he's usually always there and does a a really cool presentation (laughs) and um i had read a few of his books and i was talking to him about that and uh, you know, I had speculated too that it was probably, you know, it could have been the 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 way it was described and all that. It, you know, could have been the Nazi bell, you know, traveling through time. And he said one of the most peculiar things about that is how quick the military got there. He said they were there like within really, minutes of it. You know, really how fast. far away? Like they, it's almost like that they knew where this thing was coming to and where it exactly. was going. You know, I, I thought that was really you know, really strange, but yeah, I mean, God, you can speculate all day on, on you what that, that could have been. Well, we'll never know. <laughs> look look yeah. at this story. Look at this story here. It says uh, a while back, this was, I think in 1977, it says school kids, uh, flying saucer sketches were so convincing. They were sent to the uh, Man- Manchester, um, I'm sorry, to the um, Ministry of Defense UFO files. It says, in a case known as the close encounter of the playground kind, (laughs) crayon drawings by kids from Manchester Field, I I guess Mansfield, I'm sorry, Mansfield ended up being handed over to the Cheshire Police Department and put in a Ministry of Defense UFO file. It says, children's sketches of flying saucers at the school were so convincing, they were passed up to police then filed in the Ministry of Defense UFO Department. The alarm was raised in 1977 when 10 children told their teachers they saw a spacecraft hovering near trees during lunch break. So the teachers called um, called Mrs. Uh, Henmarsh, split them up, and asked them to draw what they saw. 
the results were so similar. Similar. Wow. Gave them to the Cheshire Police Department, and the case was known as the close encounter of the playground kind. <laughs> okay? That was in 1977. 77. I, I don't know if you guys are aware. We're living in an area between New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and all, you know, New York City, where a lot of disencounters show up. And one of the things that I could tell you is next to where I live in 1980-something, they say in Hudson County Park, which is a, it would be like Central Park is in New York City. We have a park in, in Northern Jersey here that's really big. And it's called, uh, you know, they call it 80th Street Park is, is actually the name or Brad, Braddock Park. Um, there was a claim that a UFO landed there in the 1980s. Um, a lot of people had seen it, but this actually happened. Uh, where it was seen by quite a few people, and it came out in the paper. Wow, cool! Um, yeah, so, there there was another one like that school one in uh, happened in um, September of '94 in Zimbabwe. There were 62 children out on the playground that seen a crash or a UFO land and seen you know small you know gray aliens with the big eyes and all that, and they did the same thing. You know, they had drawings of it, and all the kids wow. were interviewed. Wow you know, separately. And they all had the same exact story of, of what happened. And, you know, to this day, it's still, you know, regarded as, as, you know, one of the best cases of, you yeah. know, close encounters and all that, and still being investigated. And a lot of the, you know, children are adults now, and they all still have, you know, the same exact stories, you know, and they've all been interviewed and all that over the years. And none of the stories have changed or anything like changed. that. Changed, so Yeah. Really cool. Wow, that is that is unbelievable. Yes, see, that's the thing that makes me, you know, kind of suspicious about this because you have some very credible people. You know what I mean? I've actually I've actually talked to pilots myself that seen some weird things. You know, and uh, how about the case Joe from 1964? I think it was done in uh, down in New Mexico. There was a police officer, Lonnie Zamoro, and yeah. uh, he saw these two little men standing outside of it. Then they got in and took off. I mean, he was so upset. He went to talk to a priest about this. I mean, yeah, he said well, it was like an egg shaped craft or something. Yeah. Like that. Yep. yeah. They actually went back out. I think it was either later that day or the next day. And they, they measured out the, uh, the mm -hmm. imprints. I believe there was three imprints out there. They, they measured the length and the radiation of the area. But yeah, he was, he was terrified after that. And he was, um, I, yeah. I believe that affected him, you know, mentally well, for, for years. Well, let, let me tell you guys, I told you guys about this about a week or two ago, I think one of the podcasts where it says here, uh, the question was, uh, you know, the story says, did American airline pilots see a UFO flying over Arizona? February 25, 2021 at 1.40 p.m. Central mm -hmm. Eastern time, whatever. Uh, it says, what exactly did the pilots flying from Cincinnati, Ohio to Phoenix, Arizona, see their see during their trip Sunday afternoon. The flight crew crew noticed something that they said was quickly moving and unusual flying above America Airlines flight 2292. The pilot can be heard on the radio recording asked the tower, do you have any targets up here? We just had something go right over the top of us. <laughs> there you he go. <laughs> yeah, he goes, he had it. I hate to say this, but it looked like a long cylindrical object mm -hmm. that almost looked like a cruise missile type thing moving really fast. It went right over the top of us. The recording was made by Steve Douglas, who calls himself a stealth chaser living in Armillo, Texas, Amarillo, Texas. Okay, so basically this happened. This is the one I was telling you guys that it came on Fox News about a week or two ago. Okay. So apparently this was, you know, true. They don't know what exactly it was. No, they don't know what it was. And and there's people, Joe, like uh, Philip Corso. He was a colonel. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, dead now. He passed away, I guess, a good 15 years ago. But he came out with a book, I guess, a year before he died, maybe about 17 years ago, called The Day After Roswell. You know what? I mean, and, and, and this guy swears that he actually saw, this, you know, that he actually saw the little aliens in these uh, test tubes, these big uh, tubes filled with you know some type of liquid and so forth so either either he's the biggest liar or he's truthful you know what i mean but these yeah. guys i mean i mean but these guys have nothing to really gain you know what i mean so like you know that that always kind of intrigued me a little bit oh yeah there's definitely some some very 
credible, you know, witnesses out there and stories. And I even have a, um, um, there's a good friend of our family years ago. And I remember back in oh, probably the, the early mid nineties, um, he, he was telling me a story. He used to work for uh, area 51 in the seventies. Oh, cool. And, um, you know, when he, he, he only worked out there for, you know, a few years cause he just, um, you know, from what I remember him saying is that it just, you know, a lot of it got to him and he, you know, he really didn't, you know, want to work there anymore because of the stuff that he saw and he wouldn't really go much into detail, but you know, mm-hmm. if you get a few, few drinks in him and all that, <laughs> he, would, he would start loosening up a bit and he would say, yeah, you know, there are, you know, aliens. He goes, we do have them in, in some of them in two, you know, in, in chambers and all that, that are dead. He goes, and there are some that are working with our scientists and government and all that. And he he would never say too much, but that always, Mm -hmm. you know, stuck Mm -hmm. with me. And he was a very smart and, uh, you know, he was back when computers were still, you know, just beginning, you know, he was, he was involved with, you know, programming and all that other stuff. And so that's what he did out there, but right. Yeah, it was, you know, and that was before, you know, all these UFO uh, TV shows and all that were on TV and everything. And he was saying stuff that, you know, I would hear 20, 25 years later on these shows that wasn't known back then. So, you know, that kind of adds to the credibility of it. Absolutely. And how about, how about Bob Lazar, man? I've been following him for years, you know, I mean, he claimed he worked at uh, area 51 and he reverse engineered, he back engineered, these uh, crafts to see exactly how they work because if they if they are telling the truth with this stuff i mean these things do not work by the the uh, propulsion systems that we have with the mass chemicals that shoot out you know what i mean somehow they they, they seem like it, they would um, manipulate gravity or something i don't know what what, what, what is your take on on bob lazar because i you know I've, I've read a lot about him i've watched a lot of documentaries about him and yeah you know i've kind of i've kind of looked at it from you know i've seen different views on it from both sides and i i right. really don't know what to to think about yeah. him I mean, yeah you know what i know what you're saying because i've seen people that would discredit him and i've seen other people i mean the guy's brilliant i mean he's he's you know what he's always working on scientific things right now as we're speaking i mean the right. guy is the guy is brilliant and then uh you know but then there's 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 people that swore he never worked uh, where he says he did, but then but then there's other people that swear he did. So it's like fifty fifty. Right. I don't and, know. And, you know and, it, and it's so easy for the government to get. I mean, Absolutely. they could get rid of documents easy, and and the way stuff is so compartmentalized. Right. You know, you might be working with one person, you know, for a year or two at the place, and of course, <laughs> if you interview somebody else there, they're going to say, no, I ne- I never heard of him or. You know, he I, could say, you know, I went to this school and they could look up the records and say, well, there's no records. I mean, it's right. so easy for my, the, the government to get rid of that. Absolutely. Stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was going to say my, my take on Bob Lazar, I could tell you this much. And I've heard, I mean, I've known of the guy for many, many years. And, and I can tell you, this is what I think. I think he's just a guy that is a good storyteller. I don't believe any of the stuff he has said because of the amount of stuff I followed. Um and studied on everything from Roswell to area 51. And you know what, to be honest with you, I think the guy's just smart enough because they even make a model kit of a UFO based on what he said. And he's been selling that model kit for some time now. Uh, Now, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I I bought that. It's huge. It's about more than 15 feet in diameter. Wow. It's a beautiful looking flying saucer, but just it's area 51's flying saucer based off of Bob Lazar. So he's a good, like I say, he's a good, I would say con artist, if you want to say, <laughs> because he's selling a fortune. But you know what? There's a guy that actually worked in Area 51. Um, the, the History Channel had a special on it. And the guy was saying that basically what Area 51 really has been throughout the years was an area. And, and what made it very, you know, that all the rumors and stuff came out of it is when the United States captured See, during World War II, World War II the, the Russian government was more advanced than us with our airplanes and stuff. So America needed to do something right away. And what they did is they were able to capture, I think, one of the Russian fighters. And they basically, what Area 51 did was dissect that fighter. 
Right, right. And and that is what caused all this rumors and stuff about Area Fifty One. And mm-hmm, I, mean, mm-hmm. I can I can tell you, and and I agree with Joe. What Joe was saying that it could probably be aircrafts from other countries and stuff like that. But when you got people saying aliens are working, I mean, it's just like the guy who started the the rumor with the Philadelphia experiment. If you guys know right. the Philadelphia experiment, and and I'm mm-hmm. sure Joe, you know what that is. Mm-hmm. Is when they say that we went back in time travel. Right. It says that the Eldridge, Eldridge which was mm-hmm. a battleship from the United States, was docked, I think, either in Pennsylvania or Delaware. And for a couple of seconds, uh, America was uh, testing magnetic uh, invisibility or magnetic technology. And right. it says for a couple of minutes, the ship disappeared, appeared somewhere else, and came back again to its port. And mm-hmm. they said that the thing that was bad about it, and here's where they, the whole thing started. They said that the people that were on the ship, when they came back, they were like embedded into the, the hull of into the, the ship. Yeah, into okay. the metal ship. Into yeah. the metal. So the guy who started that, I, I forgot his name. I think it was a, not Lazar, um, La Yembel or something like that. Well, do you remember the name, Don, Chuck? Like yeah, that. it is, it is along those lines. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, well, yeah, I am very familiar with this story. Right, what, yep. Okay, what happened with this is that some guy again in the History Channel was trying to debunk it. In fact, you can actually see if you go on YouTube and look up uh, the you know the the story of the Philadelphia Experiment, they will say exactly how the legend started. Right. What happened was that the guy had an old UFO book that was written by I forgot who it was back in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And he started sketching different things onto the book. And when he mailed the book, he just, I mean, this guy had just random good luck. He mailed the book to mm-hmm. NASA or NASA or the Air Force. I'm sorry, the Air Force. And the guy who got the book was actually the guy in charge of like Project Blue Book or something at the time. I forgot what it was. Wow. And it started the whole legend. So they started tracking down to see who. Uh, it was thing was Carlos Lallende. I think it's the name of the guy, something like that. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they went, the news reporter went to the family and they found out that the guy's real name. And then the family member said that he was like a good storyteller and stuff. <laughs> so, but apparently the point I'm trying to say is that a crazy legend like that sure. has made three films out of it. They <laughs> wrote countless books on it. And a lot of people, including there was an appearance of one. See, the Eldritch was actually taken over by, I don't know if it was Japan or what, the United States grabbed the ship and some other country redid it. They used it for carrying stuff. I forgot what they did with the original Eldritch. But there was a part of the Eldritch that appeared in Pawn Stars with Rick Harris. Mm-hmm. And it looked like a, like a stick with a round circle on it. It kind of looks, you know what, Chuck, you know that magic trick where it's a balloon and you kind of like blow up the balloon and it's, it's, it's just think of it. It's like a base with a stick and, and then a right. circle. <laughs> and I, I forget the trick that is, but anyway, the point I'm trying to say is it appeared there and the guy was selling it. And I think Rick Harris came $20 for it. Uh. <laughs> now I tried to get, go on pawnstars.com. Yeah. I'm like I got to get that thing. I got to get it. But apparently they, they sold it like before the show even aired. They sold it. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. That's how legends start. Now, I do strongly believe UFOs. You know, there are probably UFOs like, you know, from other countries. A lot of times the United States government and they agreed to this. They actually admitted to this where they said that they were using, especially with the stealth bomber, Mm -hmm. uh, the legends of UFOs and stuff. So people wouldn't know exactly what they were doing. They Mm -hmm. were using the UFO thing to hide. Now, here's one thing that's very important. In 1976, when I was little, I bought a popular science magazine and I subscribed to it, of course, to get the Robbie the Robot uh, plans. Actually, that was Starlog, but, you know, it was during the same time. And I subscribed to Starlog and I subscribed to popular science. And one thing that I'll never forget, the commercial for popular science showed the stealth bomber and said the stealth bomber. Do we already have this thing or is it just a rumor, blah, blah, blah? Mm-hmm. 20 years later, the same article in Popular Science came out because first the commercial to advertise the subscription thing would, you know, said the question, do we have it? 20 years later, I cut out the article 
in a popular science magazine that said the United States have had it for over 20 years. So in a sense, the magazine itself had good insight as to what was going on in the 70s because they had an idea that the mm -hmm. stealth bomber existed. Absolutely. So throughout the years, how many UFO sightings were caused by the stealth bomber? Because like you said, the one that looks like they called the bat, which is the bomber or the fighter. Right, yeah. You know, it looks like a UFO. It, it does. Like it does. It's a very, very strange flight patterns. Very, very unusual. Yep. Yeah. There's also, if you remember, this one called the Aurora, which is supposed to be a triangular uh, flying machine we have. Mm -hmm. I think they've been experimenting with it for years. You got, you know about that one, don't you? Does anybody know about that one, uh, Joe or you? Which one yeah, is it now? It sounds it's, familiar. It's, it's, it's called the Aurora. It's a, it's a triangular flying saucer, not flying saucer, but flying airship whatever we have mm -hmm. and they they've been experimenting with it for many many years in area 51 it's kind of like a known fact that we have it mm -hmm. um, that could uh answer your question of to that black thing that you saw when you were in the <laughs> in, in, in the military joe well, well the one that i saw the are you talking about the triangle ones yes the triangle ones that's what i'm saying i think it's called project aurora if i'm correct i could be wrong on this because remember, I'm not using any reference right now. Well, the, it's a the the black triangle that I that I saw, they're pretty. The one, it, it didn't have Marvin the Martian on it, did it? Yeah, I wish <laughs> it would have been made a lot cooler. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the black triangles, they're largely believed to be the uh, TR3B, mm -hmm. um, and I believe they come out from a project that might be called Astra, um, but they're um there's been a few of them i think there was a, a there was one before that the tr3b i believe is the supposedly the most recent one mm -hmm. um but it's it's supposedly from stuff that i read on it it's it's more of like a almost uh, a surveillance intelligence right. gathering you know kind right. of aircraft okay so you have now you have people in nevada who are there constantly 24-7 hoping to catch a glimpse of some flying saucer of the United States government undercover project or black projects, as they're called. And they see that. That could most likely be where you would have a person called MUFON or something, oh, I saw this, and right. I have a photograph, and that's where most of those stories come from. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I really don't think we have aliens among us. I mean... Look at this. We have we have right now a worldwide pandemic. And as much as we were trying, if it wasn't, let's say, for example, Trump that pushed for the vaccine and stuff, we probably wouldn't even have a vaccine. No, you're right. The, the point is, if we had technology that was so advanced like that, I mean, you have I mean, let's be honest. You got people out there uh, that I in my book, they're probably nutcases that are actually saying the earth is flat and they're using all this crazy evidence. And then you got people out there that, um, I know everybody has things. different, everybody yeah, has different we, we, opinions. We didn't go to the moon, but yet we went not only <laughs> once, we went seven times to the moon. Right. right or six times. And out of that thousands upon thousands of people saw the rocket take off the astronauts that went there and we fly around the earth. We have the space station up there in space going around and you still have a bunch of nitwits that say we have that the earth is flat. I know. Come on. I know. It is It is amazing. But, but you know what? I mean, when somebody tells me that they seen a UFO where they saw a ghost or something, you know, I try to keep a, I try to keep an open mind. You know what? And I'll sit down. I'll sit down and talk with them and, you know, and, you know, which I have throughout the years. You know what? So when it comes to stuff like that, I don't I don't laugh or anything. I'll, I'll sit down and just. You know, you know, talk to them and and uh, find out what they saw or what they think they see. It is it is interesting. You know, it is very interesting. Well, I can tell you this much. I know. I mean, I'm not going to would dare not even mention names, but I had people, legitimate. I mean, legitimate people with businesses, and I'm saying people because I'm not going to like I said pinpoint that actually say that Biden is a clone. You know, he's actually. <laughs> you, you know what I'm trying to say? And yeah, like, yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, so what you do is you just, yeah, yeah, that's right, you know? Right. Keep everybody happy. But when you, the point is, yeah, there could be a lot of things. I'm not saying there are things we don't know of. Of course, the government is hiding things. 
and they have to for national sure, security. Absolutely. Every country has to. But the point I'm trying to say is that if we have a lot of that technology, yeah, we might have technology that's, you know, airplanes we don't know of that, that we were testing and stuff like that. Because President Bush, I think, did say one time, uh, I forgot during the war of Iraq, I think, way in the day, he said that uh, we have enough stuff in secret that will make uh, whatever <laughs> look, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, if you remember, Bill Clinton was asked, uh, you know, he had an interview that he did. Um, I forget who interviewed him. I think it was Saturday Night Live or something. But anyway, he was on the show. And he said that one of the first things he did when he became president is he wanted to know the truth about Area 51. And he's saying it there. And mm -hmm. he actually goes, I asked him and there was nothing there, man. I was kind of, he goes, it was kind of a bummer. I was hoping. We could find <laughs> so this is President Bill Clinton being interviewed, you know, when he was president. So mm -hmm. the point is that, okay, legends are great. Legends sell. Uh, right now we have so many, I mean, my God, you have so many things. You have people saying on the internet that President Trump is still in power, that Washington is in Texas. <laughs> and, and you know what's so funny that they have followings and you have people actually coming up to you and telling you this is true. But anybody who has enough common sense that can just take any regular thing will see that this is all false. And, you know, it's all a wild uh, thing that's selling. It's it's the idea is when you tell a person something many times over, they get to believe it eventually. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I mean, we are the house of the unusual. We sell the novelties. <laughs> we sell we puff things up. <laughs> sell things that are not really quite what they expected, you know? So it's it's just a, a way that I say it. I mean, there is a lot of things out there, but I think um, it's beautiful to talk about it. It's fun as hell. But, you know, yeah, at the end of the day, there's still a lot of skepticism that I think that unless it's proven without a doubt, you know, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I tell you what's a, a cool video for for people to watch if they're you know interested in you know conspiracies and NASA and all that is if you if you watch the video of America's first uh, spacewalk, I believe nineteen sixty five, mm -hmm. um, and there's tons of videos on it. And there's tons of videos of people breaking it down. Well, when uh, when astronaut Ed White when he is out in space. You know, and he's attached to the cord and all that, and he's floating there. There's a, a certain point in the video where he's kind of his left side is facing the camera mm -hmm. and his helmet turns towards the camera where he looks at the camera and waves. And then he looks back forward. Well, if you go back and look at the um, the spacesuit that was used at the time, the helmet never rotated on that. Oh, I see. You know, it, it was it was latched onto the suit, so your head can move inside the helmet, but the helmet did not move. Gotcha. So if you watch the video, the helmet actually moves to look at, at the screen, and a lot of people say, you know, that the video was actually um, uh, done with some type of, you know, almost like film technology, you know, where or stop motion. You, but, you know... It's very, very cool to take it to, to look at. You know something, though? Here's the thing. There's a, a professional Hollywood photographer. Uh, he's, I believe, in his late 70s, who's been a Hollywood film, filmographer, filmographer, if that's the correct word to say, for over 50-something years. And he has a special on YouTube that says, we did not have the technology to fake those pictures back in the day. So in other words, and I took photography in NYU and I could tell you, even back in the eighties, when I went to the school, um, you know, it was anything we did had to be double exposure, whatever it was, it was hard to create trick photography. Yeah. But see, you, you're missing the key words. He said, we didn't, doesn't mean the government didn't have it. Oh, that's true. That's well, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that itself is what he's saying is. And I understand what you're, what you're saying right there, but he's basically saying we or the government included. I, I, I believe he's saying that you can watch it and he's showing how we didn't, that it would be impossible to use those. I mean, the, the point is it was seen by thousands of people live 
They saw them take off in Cape Canaveral, Florida. They saw them land. You know, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to fake that. But um, I know it's beautiful to have the, the... Listen, this conspiracy theory is about the hollow earth, the <laughs> civilizations in the center of the earth. Yeah. Uh, the, the theories about the earth is flat. The theories... This thing, I remember reading about this, Chuck, and we're both the same age. I remember reading about this when I, I probably 1971, inside a comic book. Mm -hmm. that had ads, I think I forgot the name of the company that sold the books. It was called New Age or something like that. But those books were there at that time. And I remember reading about them mm -hmm. uh, because there was a time in the early 80s that I started buying a lot of books about Hal Lindsey. Right. Because I had seen a movie that came out. It was a biblical film from um, Orson Welles called mm -hmm. The Late Great Planet Earth. Oh, I remember that. Sure. You remember that film? And when that Absolutely. film came out, it was all about Bible prophecy. I right. started buying every book under the sun from <laughs> Hal Lindsey, Chariots of the Gods. Oh, yeah. Visited from you know other planets. And I can tell you this much, my friend. Those books already existed. What happened now is with the internet and technology that we have in social media, people have taken those stories and brought them to the light again. And right. they've now become like it's a new, it's not new. It's not those new. You're conspiracy right. theories has been around before Mr. Joe there was born. <laughs> and, <laughs> and basically, now, one thing I want to tell you guys, Joe, and well, Joe is aware of it, and, and you too, Chuck, but I want to tell the people that are listening that beginning uh, next week, I'm going to start uploading all our uh, shows onto YouTube, and I'm going to have some visual background so that everybody can hear all the podcasts that we have both on YouTube and, um, and you know, and the, because we did do some live ones. And I don't know, I believe, Joe, that Dr. Saab has been trying to reach out to you. Uh, you put a, a pot, I think you put a segment in the website under the blog or the forum asking for people to say stories of their ideas for future shows. Oh, yeah. Okay, Dr. Fab has been trying to answer you unless you already have talked with him. But he wants, he's actually a planner and he um, is planning for us to do a live show where we will have, it's going to be pretty cool. I think you should reach out to him by email uh, if you haven't done so. He's been talking with uh, with Todd about it, and I think it's going to be really good. It's for us to be all live, and he's going to actually, you know, orchestrate for us a nice little episode, and we would just, I guess, follow the guidelines, you know. But it's yeah, um, I haven't heard anything about it. I'll have to check on the form but i haven't gotten any any notifications or anything well i he did tell me i know he was reaching todd today so maybe he will okay be, but either or just write to him let him know uh because uh the, the, now the other reason the reason i'm trying to bring the show on youtube is because when you have a podcast it's a totally different platform from youtube youtube brings in the customer not the customer the the people the listeners in a march or actually the watchers on YouTube come in in larger amounts than you would in a podcast. A podcast, it's harder to advertise because either you can advertise through iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, wherever we're located. But it's it's a little tougher to get social media to to spread the word. So if we put our podcast, I think, on YouTube, and and not only that, we can now offer because this is actually our second season. And we're actually, I believe, if I'm correct, 42 shows in. So we had the first season and second season. We can now start actually offering those seasons for people that are willing to get it. Well, that's uh, good news. And I, I hate to interject here, but, man, this flew by and we got about a minute left. So I'm going to close the show here and uh, thank Chuck and Eddie for, for being with us and for everybody out there in podcast land for uh, tuning in to us every week and, and listening to us. And if it's your first time, welcome. Uh, check us out on YouTube on their House of the Unusual. Like Eddie said, there's tons of videos out there. They're, they're very cool and entertaining. Uh, we have a great website called houseoftheunusual.com. 
There's a uh, free forum that you could join and interact with some like-minded people. So head on over there and uh, give us some ideas for some shows or, you know, show us your, your magic or toy collection or, you know, whatever you have. And, um, you know, it, it's a great little community to be with. So, uh, you know, check us out. We are every Wednesday, our, our podcast comes out and like to thank everybody once again for being here. So Chuck, Eddie, thanks a lot and good night, fellas. Okay. Good night, thanks. Guys. Good talking to you. Bye.